0: Josh, welcome to my podcast. Thank you for doing it.
1: Yeah, not a problem, too, dude. Thanks for having me, bro.
0: I was thinking, how did we meet? We met. I'm assuming
1: 2020 that- it was summer 2020. Yeah, I was just getting back into uh, comedy after, not even after COVID, during COVID. During COVID, because we live in Arizona, savages.
0: <laughs> we're out here trying to do podcasts. Let me just turn this down a little bit. I'm a little too hot. All right, beautiful. Yeah, we we're savages doing podcasts during the fucking pandemic. At the peak Because we don't care about our health We care about punchlines, you guys (laughs) Punchlines over health Yeah,
1: Laughter over health Laughter
0: over everything Because let's be honest That's the way it works
1: If you weren't laughing during the pandemic Mm -hmm. You weren't living
0: I agree If you're not laughing in general Yeah and comics were the most mentally unstable. Mm-hmm. So we're like, yo, we got to get these out. Yeah. So to
1: further your question, right? Yeah. So to further answer your question, like, where do we meet? To like- answer your question with another question. <laughs>
0: yeah. It's like that episode of Family Guy when Stewie's like, he does this long, drawn out answer. And when they're like, kids say the darndest things. And he's just super smart. And he goes, did oh, he answer your question with another question? And everyone's just like shocked that he's smart. And he goes, uh, goo goo gaga. <laughs> and then they all laugh. I missed yeah. that episode. I'm sorry. Yeah. I am a I am a family guy
1: though. Family guy it's over a, Simpsons?
0: I mean, I haven't seen enough of the Simpsons, but yeah. But South Park over all of them.
1: South Park I, is a good South. one. Oh, yeah. South Park. Family Guy for me is a close one. It's like well, family guy's good, It's like South Park's a 10. Family Guy's hit hit or family miss. Guys that, a nine. That's the only thing.
0: And the mm. thing I like about South Park is that it is, like, topical, so everything that happens, it's like, that just happened. True. Or I remember when J-Lo and Ben Affleck were dating, and they do an episode about you, that. You know what? they the Benito. Yeah, one, okay, you know? touche.
1: They take the cake for that when I like yeah. that. Because there's a time. There's and a, they
0: will show both sides to, like, hypocrisy and things like that. Of everything. That. Yeah. That's another thing I like about it. Hell yeah. But um, getting back to the original question, right? Yeah, where we met. Was, wasn't it Charles? We met.
1: not Well, we met somewhere. It was probably Charles. Mm-hmm. And then, like, but we didn't really like talking then. We linked up again at that Prescott Comedy Club.
0: Oh yeah, we did. I <laughs> forgot about that. Yeah, Prescott Comedy Club. My last show there. That was my first booked show. Was it? Yes. How I much was, did you get paid again? Uh, like, me, me and Chung got five dollars. Right. Yeah. We, well, That's cool though. That's your first show. Yeah. Well, we weren't like first booked and like, paid. Book shows are big because you get to like showcase your talent. You get to do like your A jokes. Sometimes people do A jokes in open mics. I I try not to, but. I, I mean that was like fucking. I was like ten months into comedy. I was grinding so hard, and I, and the only reason we got it is because Noah was supposed to get it, but he had a Saturday Charles show, mm. and then he asked me and Oh, Andy, that's right. It was supposed to be Guy Hanna. Yes, Noah. yeah. And then he asked me and Andrew Chung to go out and do it. Yeah. And then we were like, uh, sure because no one's booking us right chung and i are just doing shitty open mics on saturday afternoons in 115 degree weather during a global pandemic to old people with masks on their faces so it's like anything is better than this and it's like it was an actual comic club and a press let's go and then uh yeah it was a great first show because it started off really bad and then like it it's it went well who's the headliner that night John Gregory.
1: Oh, yeah. Jonathan Gregory. Oh, yeah. And he went 45 minutes over the fucking light. Yeah. And he was drunk. Oh, yeah.
0: He fucking. Dude, I got there and he was already drunk. And then he had three more beers. And then he went on stage and drank like four beers. So I was like, holy shit. And he just functioned.
1: You ever like go to that like house party where it's like enclosed and there's like no draft going Mm -hmm. through. And all you can smell is just like fumes of alcohol from people talking. Yeah that's what that comedy room felt like and i was like we yeah. went 45
0: minutes over Holy it was insane. <laughs> and i remember like all of us were were we, were we were waiting for um we were waiting for him to be done we we're like oh he's done about 10 minutes you know the counting down and so me like david kays andrew chung someone else we we're like uh we we're all like oh yeah we'll all go out there and, and because exactly together show. and <laughs> we're waiting and after like 10 minutes like he's not finished and we're like, let's go back outside so he just went back outside and like hung out some more but i remember like it was a great first show because I went there. And uh, you traveled? Yes. You traveled me, me like an Chung hour and a half? T- it was, no, it was like two and a half hours. Prescott? Where were you coming from? Tucson? No, we're coming from here. <gasps> hmm. Well, Prescott? Wait. Gotcha. Yeah, it was Was it two and a half hours. It's an hour and a half. No, no, no. no. It wasn't two and a half hours. Yeah. I was thinking about Flagstaff. Yeah. Because we went to Flagstaff, you know, like, I, I went to Flagstaff, like, much later. But uh, for to go see Kyle Canadian, that was amazing. But, yeah, me and Chung went up there. And... I remember, I, I had to go first after Matt Santos, who hosted. Oh yeah, shout out to and Matt And I was Santos. so excited for this show, and I go up, and the first joke I tell, I forgot what, what the first joke I told, but I told the first joke, and I got nothing. And then there's, <laughs> there's a group of like 20-somethings in the back, and it's Bring Your Own Booze, and they have like a cooler booze. The group of 20 in the back, I tell my joke, ah, and, and wait for the laughter, and there's just nothing, and then I look in the back, and one of the 20-somethings turns to the other one, and then they all start laughing. And like says, I don't know what they said, but it was clearly roasting me. Like, who wh- who's this, Black Panther, or something like that. And they all started dying laughing, and I was like, it's gonna be one of those shows. <laughs> like, it was my first show, but I was like ready for it, because I did so many shitty open mics. And then I kept doing my jokes, and then literally like three minutes in, they loosened up. This is and comedy. And then the rest of the set went well. Right. But I had to fight for it. I had to fucking pull out all my tools. I had to do everything, you know? So
1: you got your experience points that night,
0: huh? 100%. Like, this ain't going to be easy. They're not going to hand anything to you. Not at all. Because I was hoping it would be that, but it wasn't that Especially
1: not in Prescott. Yeah. You know what I mean? And for Mm -hmm. people that don't know, like, so Prescott's still in Arizona. And Arizona has, like, I would say three parts. North, Mm -hmm. mid, and south. Yeah. Prescott doesn't really fall in any of that. You know what I mean? It's in the middle of the north in the mid so yeah. it's like,
0: and it didn't look anything like Arizona.
1: Like, it, it didn't look like Flagstaff no, or anything like that. It just that. looks like a place where you can get into a it, lot of trouble.
0: Yeah, it <laughs> really then, does. And it's like a weird demographic. It's like a lot of really old, rich people, and then people like that conservatives, are in rehab. and then yeah, exactly. So you know, it's balanced. We're very balanced. Very balanced. And rehab. So yeah. And then how would you get into like producing? Because uh, since yeah. I've known you, you've been like hustling, grinding, doing the producer thing, and it's like it's really cool to see thanks bro
1: so to pretty much i've always just been one of those guys that like when you see a problem mm-hmm. not even a problem but just you see some way that you could help out you yeah. know what i mean like that usually leads to just so many other things mm-hmm. so like the case with like the prescott comedy club right i went up there with ponciano on a whim you know shout out to ponciano bro. <laughs> shout out to ponce
0: ponce cool guy
1: my best friend yeah. um and we went out there on a whim because we were just like, let's get out of Phoenix, mm-hmm. go up to Prescott.
0: We just make sure. yeah, it's all good. And just that Zoom H6. Ex- Shout out to Zoom. It's all good. All right, Is it, yeah, there we go.
1: And uh, we went up there, and the producer at the time, Zev. You know, he's just real green at comedy.
0: Zev, he was a cool guy. I remember him. He'd come down to the Char open mics, and he'd he'd do all the, all the like hard work. Like he'd he'd drive from Prescott stay hours at Charb to go up and then you know leave after and then hang out and that's when we had like two mics people people don't remember that like i did uh i did set the balance podcast recently and i I went on a long rant we we did mushrooms and did a three-hour podcast oh wow and and i went on a long rant like kind of joking but kind of being serious about like these these new comics don't know the struggle of like having no shows pretty much and starting during the pandemic and like also like they were, I was like, there was no JP's Comedy Club to do a fucking open mic. Are you kidding me? Improv was closed. Like all these things. It was so mm-hmm. hard. Yep. And it's like, now nah, you guys, you guys can fucking can do ten spots a week, all these things, you know. Yeah. 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 Totally. And um yeah, but yeah, back to
1: It's crazy. So just kinda like going going off that formula, like helping in one spot. Mm-hmm. And like once that is done, it's crazy. You don't even have to look for stuff and like then the next thing just starts and you don't even yeah. know it. Like, I went from the Prescott Comedy Club, I like uh, parted ways with those guys, and then out of nowhere, like the next day, yeah, I'm just this checking dude. if it's recording. I was it's recording, say, right? Yeah, it is. <laughs> I was going to say,
0: yo, if it hasn't been recording, I will stab someone in the face. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I know that feeling. Oh, my God. You're like, so we didn't get the house feed? Yeah. <laughs> so we all, we have is camera it's like, feeds. fuck. Yeah.
0: I promised him I would get the footage yeah. and the sound.
1: Now I have to do this for free. God yeah. damn it. <laughs> oh, 10 more hours oh gone. God. Oh, that is a suck. But um, yeah, as long as you find a way to just help people out, mm-hmm. opportunity will just come. And yeah, And the absolutely. more people you meet, the, the more opportunities yeah, come as well.
0: Because I would guess they would recommend you to other things and to do other like projects.
1: Yeah. Consistency is definitely the key. That's, yeah. that's what I'm like working on every day. It's just, mm-hmm. how do I be more fucking consistent? Like,
0: yeah. Consistency is like a big thing. And it's like, it's one of those things where, um, like sometimes you, you're, you're being consistent and it feels like, why am I showing up? Nothing's happening. But then something does happen. And you're like, I'm so happy. I kept showing up.
1: Yeah. Like right now, that happens to me a lot because like, I I run my own business, Heavy yeah. Feathers Production. It's, That's all it's you, my LLC. Yeah. You don't have any
0: staff. Nothing. Yeah. Nothing. You're, the, you're you're Jackie Boone. You're the owner. You're the head coach. You're the starting player.
1: Yeah. yeah. And right now, I like am ready to take that lead where I want to start hiring people. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Where I'm like, yo. I've got six cameras now. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? So I need another cameraman. Yeah. Is there anyone that likes to edit more than me? Mm-hmm. Probably. Probably. You know what I mean? Yeah. A lot of people. Yeah. And I'd rather like take people that are working like a nine to five that they don't want to work mm-hmm. and be like, yo. Which is most people. Which is probably parents. most people. Let's especially our, our age bracket. Yeah. Like I would personally, I would way rather cut up comedy clips mm-hmm. on my own time all day yeah. Then go work for any nine to five and waste oh, a day. not waste absolutely. sorry but work a day. I mean it
0: kind of is a waste because it's not a work of passion, you know.
1: Yeah, and that's like the that was like the biggest thing for me to like realize when I was working nine to five. I'm like, I don't like doing this. Yeah, you know what I mean. If I took those forty hours and invested in myself, mm-hmm. I could come up with the rent money.
0: Absolutely, you know what I mean. Yeah,
1: I got thirty days, like. It's Come like, on, if I can't make 1500 bucks in 30 days. Yeah, it's then, very yeah, doable. You, you deserve a nine to five, you yeah. piece of shit. That's what I told myself. Yeah. And then this is- um. No, it's
0: good motivation.
1: Like right now it's March 2022, mm-hmm. right? And I started this March 2021.
0: Oh, fam. Yeah. So, so it's one year. Exactly. That's to this
1: To this month. Yeah. yeah. So it feels pretty good. Like you see a and lot of stuff.
0: Were you like always into, like we'll get into like gang fest and stuff, but like growing up, like were you always into like- Audio or like music or anything like that, like when you were in high school?
1: I was one of those kids that was into being creative, right? Mm-hmm. But because I come from like such a small town, yeah, like being creative really wasn't uh it was like accepted, but it wasn't appreciated and it wasn't like encouraged.
0: Yeah. What what town do you come from?
1: Southampton, Massachusetts.
0: <laughs> Southampton. I've heard of Southampton. So so that's where you were born? I was born in Northampton.
1: Okay. But I was pretty much
0: raised in Southampton. And what's the population for that?
1: Mm, I think we're like 2,000 to 5,000.
0: Oh, my God. Yeah, that's very I think 5,000. I think 5,000. Yeah. Yeah, that is incredibly small.
1: Right? The neighborhood over there has like more people than my hometown. Yeah. Did, you know
0: what I mean? By a long shot. Yeah. So, um, like, so I was always town. into like music. So, you know what I mean? I, I bet you like, yeah. So, small town, a lot of kids probably just stay. You know, you probably know a lot of people from high school that like never left the town. They're oh, married. Yeah. They have a kid already. They have the job. They stayed. They went to a school around the area.
1: Big time. Yeah, big time. And it's like one of those things where, like, at first when I moved out here, I was just like, "Yeah, why the fuck isn't everyone else?" You know what I mean? And then you're just oh, really- so so
0: when did you choose to move out there? So you're in Southampton. You graduate high school. What year did you graduate?
1: Two thousand seven.
0: Two thousand seven. Oh, okay, so that's a little bit before me. I graduated in 2011. So 2007, you graduate. Uh, my dad doesn't know what to do with me or my brother. Yeah. And I then, fail out of community college it's, it's like you crazy. you and your brother, and then you're like, you know what? I'll try the community college. You know, your Parents want education. They always do. Parents are always like, oh, yeah, go go and get an education. I don't care what. And then you, you try community college. Was it like in your town or was it next to No, year?
1: it was like 25 minutes away. Heavy traffic. So you're commuting, that area. Yeah, yeah, commuting every day. Hoyle Community College. when that's shout listening. out to Hoyle,
0: <laughs> and taking fucking general credits, and you're like, this blows. Yeah, I'm this like, why the fun?
1: I'm like, why the fuck can I pass algebra? Oh, college, yeah. you know what dude, I mean. I'm like, this I, is the third time that.
0: I tried this shit. I hated that, dude. When I went to college, I went to community college and then transferred to ASU. Uh, but like when I was at community college, the year I was the, my 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 final year at community college because I, I ended up going three years because one year I was lazy and I took like two classes all the year. <laughs> and uh, I remember my, my last year, my third year, I had to take a like fourth math class, hmm. and and that year they ended i was already taking the fourth math class but that year they said oh now only like three are required and it depends on what state because my little brother who went to community college in in minnesota there it's only two math classes are required so i was like "This is some bullshit it's yeah. the same general education and it's crazy like um i feel like
1: before covid tell mm-hmm. you the truth um the mindset and everything was just like, go to college, go to college, go to college. Oh, absolutely. You yeah. know what I mean? Go
0: to college, get get a job at a business.
1: Yeah. And I literally just felt like a fish out of water. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like you were telling a fish to go climb up a tree. Yeah. I just was not going like, to do it. You're like, this
0: doesn't resonate with me at all. Yeah. It wasn't yeah. my
1: style of learning. Any of that. You know yeah, what mean? I
0: mean? It's not the fun. I'm i the same way. I, fucking, I had a 1.6 GPA in high school. I was the worst student in my class. Right there with your and like Give, me some, give me some. Hell yeah brother And like it wasn't Because I wasn't intelligent I just hated it I never did my homework I never applied myself And I was like This sucks And the fact that They let me graduate Is stupid I met all the requirements At a D average You can't get into college With that
1: Not a chance Which
0: is insane How are, do I have A high school diploma Not even a GED An actual diploma And I can't get into Any four year university You have failed As a high school That's nuts yeah The fact that you Let that happen Because if I had known that, because when I graduated and I found that out, I was like, I could have just gotten a GD at like 15 and then just dipped out. Mm. I would have much rather done that That, than still put up with this bullshit if I still can't even go to a four-year school. Like, what was the point of that anyways? It's crazy. It was completely useless. And they don't tell you that because they want to keep more kids in for whatever reason. Maybe it's finances. Maybe it's funding. I don't know. But regardless, it's like you assholes. I would have. Gotten my GED freshman year like right, right away and just worked part time at a McDonald's or something I don't know or moved I don't know
1: I can't wait till like um like all the like colleges get together and they're like we should ban Gary V oh yeah that's hilarious because <laughs> he's like you don't need college kids yeah look at me yeah college he's right failed me like, he's
0: right and it's like now it's like college is just getting more and more expensive and and because they got to make up for the for COVID yeah like. and, and also less necessary it's like kids are like oh I don't need a degree for this you know? Or it's like I'm 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 gonna be in how much debt for what degree? Yeah. So it's like unless it's like a specific thing, it's like and, and you can still learn a lot, you could grow a lot from college, but they shouldn't jack up the prices. Because you go to other countries, it's reasonable. Is it yeah? You're not in debt in Canada. Mm. In a lot of places it's socialized. Right. So it's free tuition. And let's not get and twisted. And you still need like, to get good grades. Like we're not against learning. You know what I mean? No. Like I'm it's a, the college institution. It's right. a scam. I'm it's pro a true learning. scam. Yeah. All right. There's no way you should be paying 10 grand a year. Like, I remember somebody proposed, like, all right, it should be like based on your degree. If you're like a communications major, you should not be paying the same for tuition as like a civil engineer major. Hmm. Because, like, the civil engineer is going to make 50 grand starting out, and the communications major is going to be a receptionist. You know, it's like one of those things where it's (laughs) like, yeah, or they're going to work in a movie theater. Like, it's not going to be one of those things, like, one degree is gonna make way more than the other one. A software engineer will make six figures. Yeah. A fucking theater major mm-hmm. won't. And they're having the same they're paying the same exact dollar at the same university. Yeah. So it's like it's one of those things.
1: And it's crazy with this like uh with COVID and everything, I'll call it like not the internet boom, but mm. you know what I mean. Kind of like the, it the is. YouTube industry It is. Street, the, because so, like COVID
0: boom. COVID changed a lot of things. And it changed a lot of things for me because like, you know, like year twenty twenty, I was a senior at ASU and it was, excuse me. And I was working, like, up until that point, I was working shitty minimum wage jobs, grinding, going to school. And after that, I got unemployment, which here is the second lowest in the country. It's like $200, $240 oh, damn. a week. But the first stimulus package, they added an, a bonus $600 for everybody to every state that had unemployment. Mm-hmm. So that helped me out because after taxes, I made like 730 bucks a week. Which was Damn. like, which was like life changing. I mean, it, I mean, really, it's, it's like livable. Nine, it's nineteen dollars an hour, but to me, I'm rich. Yeah, uh, it was livable, and I did that for a year, and it was huge because then all I had to do was stand up. So, and all my financial needs were met. But also, I learned. I was like, bro, this isn't a lot of money, and I'm just free. You know, like mentally. I, I, yeah, and I learned what. What, what, what my necessity necessities, what my nut was. But another thing I learned was that's a I big like, thing
1: too. That's a big
0: one too. Yeah. Like how what much your do your actual need? nut is? A how lot much of people don't a, know that. Yeah. And then
1: at the end of the month,
0: they overspend. You yep. know what I mean? And then with, they buy things they don't need.
1: If you realize like, oh, I only need two G's and bills. Mm-hmm. That's it.
0: That's nothing. Then that's you're like, I, I'm free. I agree. Yeah. Like the the worst summers I've had are the summers where I had to I owed a lot of money or like I had a lot of expenses. So I was just working all the time just to keep shit that I wasn't even using. Like I remember one time I worked so hard and I remember just, I never had any money and I was working 40 hours a week at a shitty call center and I remember just thinking like, I'm just working to not be homeless right now. Like I make just enough to like pay rent another month, barely. For and the then rest put of gas your in your my car to go to work. And it was horrible. Yeah. And that year, I think it, w- it woke up millions of people, like including me, where I was like, I'm working my ass off for nothing. And I'm like wasting my life away doing these shitty office jobs for like it for is what? like it's not for worth what? it for what exactly life. it's like one of those things where it's like also my life like life is finite we get one life we don't have a lot of time on this earth our, I mean, especially in our youth anyways our 20s our 30s our 40s and so it's like you're going to spend it in a horrible cubicle like I'd rather be broke and have freedom than like make a ton of money and like not have any time for fun things.
1: Sounds cliche but it's almost like taking the red pill.
0: Mm-hmm and a lot of people like again that year of the pandemic me and millions of other people around the globe didn't work for a year and really got to think that's all i did all i did was when i wasn't doing open mics i was going on walks and i was just thinking about my life thinking about myself it was like long form meditation every day yeah. of like my life where i am at what i like what i don't like and, mm-hmm. and a year of not working you realize working for something you're not passionate about is the worst thing and too many of us do it mm-hmm. dirt like when the pandemic started
1: i was working at go daddy right mm-hmm. 40 hours a week
0: and that's what brought you down here no fuck no okay what what, what actually brought you down here because <laughs> i'm a way to get from southampton to phoenix oh, okay two yeah. completely different places gotcha. you know what i mean we
1: were, you were doing that okay yeah so yeah. So um, we're at
0: you in community college. Not for you. You drop out right, after yeah. a year. Wow,
1: we went far off that one, huh? Yeah. <laughs> hey,
0: this happened. This yeah. is a nice thing I like about it. We, yeah, we go right. on tangents. We, well, we come back, you yep. know?
1: So um, after community college, my tat's just like, what the fuck are we going to do with you? You know what yeah. I mean? So... Luckily enough, my dad cared enough about us, and mm-hmm. he enrolled us into tractor trailer school. <laughs> What's that? <laughs> I have. I'm, I'm guessing so it's like I, a trade school. Yeah, so I actually have my Class A driver's license. Oh, okay. I can fancy over here. Yeah, on paper, on paper, yeah, I can drive big rigs.
0: In okay. the real world, realistically, yeah. don't
1: let me anywhere near a big truck yeah. with a trailer. What the That's fuck? Hilarious.
0: And and dude, and truckers, it's like a good stable job. You make good money. You work a ton. But, yeah. that's
1: another one where you could start your own trucking business too and mm-hmm. make a fuck ton of money. Yeah, and people
0: are doing that now. And mm-hmm. then yeah, you buy other trucks and then you give them to you let other people use them and then they make money for you, yeah.
1: Yeah. And I think my dad's theory was that with that was it's going to cost a lot less than me failing out of college. You know yeah. what I mean?
0: <laughs> yeah,
1: I I agree. He's smart. Yeah, so he's I got I got to give him Boyle credit. I knew what he was doing. Right, I got to you know? give him credit there. You know what I mean? Yeah. And um, so we I got that license. My brother right out the gate gets a night nice, like gets a job with that license and starts his career. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And he does like construction with it. So he's yeah. driving a bunch of badass shit. Just mm-hmm. the baddest stuff you see rolling down the highway with like the biggest tractor on it. Yeah. Like chains that are like you know thick and whatever mm-hmm. like you'll see him you yeah. know what i mean and so anyways after that i realized this is not what i want to fucking mm-hmm. do i it goes back to like kind of being a fish out of water because now it's like i'm a creative you know what i mean yeah and now i'm working like a construction job like what like what the fuck you know what i mean the yeah only this is creative at all this yeah is
0: all just manual labor mm-hmm. and like hard work
1: and my dad's old school where you can't like wear headphones Oh, so okay. you have to listen to the radio oh, no. and it's like the construction radio. So it's nothing you yeah, like. It's no, like, the, fuck
0: that. it's like you, 60s you can't just, and 70s. You can't just listen to audio or a podcast. Yeah.
1: Podcasts weren't even around back then. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. This is like 2008, 2009, but 2010 mm-hmm. Joe Rogan podcast rolled around,
0: changed everything for it, people. It so. did. I was
1: working a shitty factory job at that point. And, um,
0: Jesus Christ, there's a, there's a yapping dog over there, you guys. Apologies if you're here to the background. I We're wish at, that bigger dog right, would just be right that. I know. That dog's adorable. Uh,
1: but yeah, Joe Rogan's podcast yeah. right, it was the first time I ever, like, this is going to sound so sad. <laughs> first time I heard about stand up comedy, dude.
0: I mean, a lot of After people, high school. After oh, okay. high school. Yeah, here's I, why. Some people didn't grow up with it. Like, like I remember. My friend Andrew, Andrew Oyana, he, he said he didn't get into stand-up until college when he yeah. heard, heard John Mulaney. It
1: was after I failed out of community college. Like. <laughs> but it was, um, it was weird because like I was like, oh, wait, these guys tell jokes? And this was 2010, like mm-hmm. fresh off his podcast, you know what I mean? Yeah. And um, so then my friend brought me to a David Tell.
0: Oh, what was that like? It was my first comedy show. I still want to go see him. I think he's coming here in May. I I definitely want to go check him out.
1: And like, it was like so bad comedy-wise for me that not the show, just like Mm -hmm. in my life, like me not me being oblivious to comedy. Yeah, where I'd even like know really about comedy. Central has such a history there. Yeah, I know. I'm kind of embarrassed talking about it out loud. (laughs) (laughs) That's something that's gonna be published. (laughs) But uh, yeah, so I'm over here just getting my mind blown, and I'm like, Mm -hmm. wow. This guy is ruthless. He's like yeah. making fun of a bunch of women from like New Hampshire, yeah. <laughs> like just tearing them apart. Yeah, you he know would what do I mean. That. Drinking on stage, smoking a cigarette on stage mm-hmm. when you're definitely not supposed to. Yeah, and I saw him at this place called the Hukilau, that's not there at all anymore, I don't think. And it was just one of those things where you're just like, I had a like awakening moment, like, whoa, yeah,
0: like uh, you see, it and you're like, wait, there are people who do this. Yeah, this is a something you could do. Right
1: exactly. Here? So then you. And then, like after the factory jobs, I was lucky enough to get pushed into a sales job. Mm-hmm. And while that sounds like sales, what the fuck? Yeah, people don't realize that no matter what you're doing in, in life, you're
0: selling. Oh, absolutely. No yeah. matter what you're doing, everything you're doing or selling. is selling. a like, sale. Yeah. I remember Seth Balance mentioned this, and like I didn't even think about it, but yeah, he was absolutely right about every how how comics you're 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 selling yourself. You're selling mm-hmm. your jokes. I was mm-hmm. like. Yeah, to even think about that. Yeah, you are. You're selling yourself to your girlfriend. Yeah.
1: You know, when you're, you know, like, and it's so like it's a everything. form
0: of, like, a, almost like, like hypnotism. Like, you're trying to <laughs> hypnotize a crowd to, like, your way of thinking and to get on your wavelength. You know, that's why, I like, like Doug Stanhope, a lot of the comics will have this style of comedy where it's like they have a crazy take and then they defend it. Right, o- almost like yeah, they're yeah, a lawyer, yeah, yeah. Okay. you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. And they'll be like, you know, oh, women are, are, are more dangerous than men. And people are like, what? And then they'll just list like a bunch of women serial killers or something that kill men in these crazy ways. Mm. And it's like, and then they'll like, they'll come back, and then people are like, oh, I see his point now, you know, they're like hypnotizing them.
1: They're like, I am crazy,
0: yeah, <laughs> no, kidding. Um,
1: no, but I you see your point. Joe Rogan. I see your point. Yeah, start listening to Joe Rogan. Got into a sales job. My brother went to college out here at the MMI Institute where it's like you learn how to be a mechanic and stuff on like dirt bikes. Mm. And uh, so I was just like, bet. I'm going to go visit him. I've got a sales job. I can take that sales job over here. I worked at a Verizon. Plenty of Verizons. You know what I mean? of Verizons. Yeah.
0: Yeah, that is a nice thing. You could just relocate to like wherever you want.
1: (laughs) Yeah. So came out here brother did a good job he brought me down to uh old town scottsdale mill ave and between the weather and the women i was sold you know what i mean mm-hmm. i'm just like and comedy still not even on my mind yet.
0: old town has i mean the hottest tricks i've ever seen in my life it's insane
1: hands down
0: you know, you know i work with breeds and sometimes i'll i'll go there i don't so much anymore but i remember during super bowls during the football season i would like take deliveries around the area and like those bars I'd see like the hottest chicks I've ever seen in my life right. and then also the oldest men I've ever seen in my life with them Ooh. you know yep. obviously with God some cash bless. in their pockets yeah. which is good for them <laughs> I've you know? never
1: seen a ten till I went to Scottsdale
0: oh yeah it's insane and so many too that's a crazy the volume you know it's the same thing when I went to ASU like I remember my friends would be like oh man there's so many hot chicks and like the ratio yeah so okay. so, so many hot chicks so many different kinds of hot chicks but it's still like Hard to like, just cold approach a, a super hot chick. Even if there's a thousand of them. Yeah, you know what I mean,
1: you got problem with game? Sorry, You're not you have problem, but you got. You think I mean, it's hard? I don't.
0: No, like I mean, well, college was a lot easier, but is it? It's not, not even problem with game so much. It was just like uh, college. I was just like I, I'm not a partyer. So I wasn't drinking or smoking. Oh, gotcha. And then I was working like fifty hours a week, and then and then the weekends, and then when everyone was hanging out, and then during the weekdays. I was just going to school mm. so like because I, I know I still have no interest in like partying too that's another thing so it's like it's hard to like meet people You just got to find your life. people I agree like and you did with comedy. comedy comedy I know I always
1: think to myself I'm like damn like if I didn't have comedy right now in my mm-hmm. life would I still be here
0: yeah for I, real I, I don't know yeah I met all my friends here through comedy mm-hmm. like all my best friends are comedians here. yeah yeah and I met them in the past two years, and mm-hmm. it's been amazing. It's been yep. like so great, but uh, yeah, and I'm I'm very grateful. <laughs> but you moved here, yes. You're like whatever. Good job, at Verizon. So I moved
1: here, got a job at Verizon, and then when
0: did you like start doing open mics when you moved there? Yeah. So well, it was here when you started comedy? It was. Yep. Okay.
1: Um. So it was January, January 2018. Mm-hmm. Uh, my first open mic was Improv Mania.
0: Oh, shout out to improv that was my first open mic yeah, yeah
1: and i remember
0: um just going in there
1: and just seeing thomas Epelito. actually oh he was okay. there. yeah he was there. A cool guy yeah. right and uh i go up there i'm the last dude and i headline the open mic for my first Yo, time you shout know what out i mean headline and, <laughs> yeah. open mic.
0: and then like what what prompted you to like finally take the leap where you're were you like I'm, I'm now a big fan of comedy i want to go do it yeah i was just like you know what i need something I
1: mm-hmm. just need something and yeah. getting back to like, uh, being it can't like, be all work. Yeah. Being back to like being a creative, right. Mm-hmm. So like, like before comedy, the only like creative thing I was really introduced to was like music. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so like every music person, every like person that's into hip hop, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Goes through a period where they're like, maybe I can be a
0: rapper. Oh my you God. You
1: know what I mean? <laughs> so, but then, you know, you get out of that. Yeah. And, uh, cause I was just like, I live in like the hill towns. Like well, I'm not a fucking rapper. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But I still had all this, like, creative, like, energy. And yeah. you're just like, where is an output for that? Mm-hmm. And that was still, like, building inside of me, like, crazy yeah. when I was out here. And so, like, one day I was just uh, driving the car, listened to a, a podcast. I'm pretty sure it was, like, Joey Diaz Church of What's Happening Now. Yeah. And um, he said something about open mics. And that just prompted me to be like, you know what? Fuck it. Yeah. Pulled over. Went into my iPhone. Got on Google, just typed in Phoenix. No, AZ Comedy Open Mics. and you you knew the
0: future, bro. I did.
1: I didn't know I was manifesting. You were going to make that website. (laughs) Right.
0: And And then did like Trevor Skies come up or was it like Bad Slava? No, it was actually a bunch
1: of Yelp reviews. (laughs)
0: <laughs> and it was, like, a bunch of expired. would <laughs> hilarious. It was Yelp reviews on comics, like,
1: oh, too many pussy jokes. I didn't like that part. Right? And then I was just like, all right, cool, a bunch of Facebook stuff.
0: Yeah, pages like, and things like that. This
1: is all expired. None of this is relevant. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then I just happened to be driving by Improv Media. You know what I mean? Yeah, and
0: it has the big marquee and everything. Right. I his. just
1: And it was kind of like one of those things where you're just like, it was this very...
0: You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, you're like, I corny just so as it sounds. A, no, it, it sounds corny, but sometimes I'm like, maybe it's not fit, fate, but it's a fun coincidence. It's like, part there, of the, there part are a of the lot process. of fun coincidences. Like, I remember when I first moved here, I used to listen to the first podcast I listened to, even though it was a podcast, was uh, This American Life. Hmm. And it's an NPR podcast. It's like okay. been going on for like over fifteen years, and basically all it is is like a journalistic podcast. But every episode they do like about different things, and it's a lot of fun. Like one episode will all be about like middle school dances, and they'll go to like a middle school and like interview like adorable little twelve year olds on like how they feel and like things like that. <laughs> and then another episode will be all about um, coincidences, where people talk about coincidences. I listened to one, and uh, one coincidence was like. This couple was engaged and um, one grew up in L.A. and the other grew up in New York City. And then like they they went over to go meet the families and like have dinner. And uh, one of them noticed a photo of like Disneyland when they were kids. And it was one family in the front and the other family was in the back walking to another place. So they just happened to be at Disneyland at the same time 20 years earlier. <laughs> that's was, freaky. And take the photo at the exact moment as the other fan was walking by, and nobody noticed it until the, until they came together for dinner. That's not stupid. Yeah, Ugh. hilarious. That's But not that's just a crazy coincidence. Like they had to not only go to Disneyland in Florida at the same time, but then they had to both be in the same place at around the same time, and then be taking the photo at that moment
1: with the so same frame. With the
0: same frame. So it's all those coincidences, and then find the photo, and then keep the photo for twenty plus years.
1: So, yeah, yeah, that's yeah. definitely
0: a podcast episode. Yeah, it was amazing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dude, I love but shit like that. I, it's amazing. So, so you're driving by, you see it. Yeah. So the, the, I'm the, like I, bright
1: lights. I saw the bright lights, and I was just like, okay, improv Saying, mania. Come do comedy, five right, minutes. Yeah. We've got good popcorn. Yeah. And um, luckily, I saw that because, like, all the stuff I was like viewing was just like expired and outdated. Like I said, mm-hmm. so I just looked up improv mania somehow got some information on the open mic went to it the next day had like a it was actually i was actually went up with a full five minute set mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what i mean yeah Set. yeah and um
0: hey we all did all right. yeah right We all try
1: yeah and um
0: you're the last one uh bomb was it, like crazy were there like audience members was it mostly comics like, oh it
1: was uh, all comics yeah okay and uh, Dave actually, actually, Mark Silverstein was there. <laughs> oh
0: yeah, I was talking to Mark yesterday. Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah.
1: And um, Mark Silverstein. It was funny because I think he actually had a joke. I'm pretty sure it was. A, he was just like, "What? What? No one else listened to Eminem? Uh, what's that <laughs> fucking song? Lose not lose yourself? Uh, fucking.
2: He did the he movie, the eight mile. Song. Eight mile.
1: Is oh, it called Eight Mile? God
2: damn Yeah,
0: it is Eight Mile, yeah.
1: He's like, what? No yeah, one else yeah, listened to Yeah, song's called it? Lose
0: Yourself, yeah.
1: Oh, it is called Lose. Yeah. My bad. Yeah. He's like what? You're good. He's like, no one else listened to Lose Yourself on the way over here.
0: Oh
2: my <laughs> like, God. <laughs>
0: Jesus Christ, Mark.
1: It was hey, I'm pretty sure it was Mark. It looked just like him. It I thought he was, was. I thought yeah. he
0: was Ari Shafir. That sounds <laughs> like something Mark would do. He looks like Ari Shafir, like, does he not? I was
1: like, holy fuck.
0: He looks just like Ari. Is that That's Ari Shafir?
1: How to get so lucky, my first day of comedy. god. This Yo, really if
0: Ari was doing over my comedy here, he fell off. 20, yeah. 20 years, you didn't get anywhere, buddy. I'm sorry. That'd be hilarious. Yep.
1: So I go up, I bomb, mm-hmm. do my thing, I feel great. Yeah. For the first and last time, you'll yeah, ever it feels feel good about Yeah. Like, like just being
0: on stage, just like, oh, my God, it's like electric. That's why Mm -hmm. people get that adrenaline rush.
1: Yep. So I was just like, this is it. Somehow I found out about Bridget's Last Laugh Mm -hmm. up in North Phoenix after that.
0: Yep. Yep. I heard about that, too, later. Yeah.
1: Which is, like, location-wise is, like, 45 minutes in Mm -hmm. the opposite direction. You know what I mean? (laughs) And uh, did the same set and just bombed. But that was when I realized, like, it wasn't good. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I brought, like, three friends. I wore shorts. And Michael Turner went on right after me mm-hmm. and just roasted the fuck out of me. <laughs> Like, hard.
0: Yo, hard. people who don't do comedy don't know about that. But th- here's the thing. When, when somebody goes on before you, right, and they have a, like, really bad set. Well, it doesn't matter how bad it is. They have a really bad set. You have to address that set before you go on any material, because that's all anybody's thinking. You can go up and be like, hey, so I was at the store the other day. Like, no one's making time. No one gives a shit They yet. just saw some weird thing happen. They just saw somebody either suck out the energy or just, just bomb horribly, and it happens. It, it's right. a part of the process. So you have to address it. And the easy way to address it, the most common way, is we roast the person. And it's not a hate. Not at all. It's all we have because mm. we literally have to come up with jokes on the fly, which is the hardest thing. Yeah. And so it's like we'll just make fun of them because we're acknowledging what just happened and we're assuring the people we're funny and now they're on board and now they can listen to us while we try out these jokes. It's actually the most professional way to go on stage after 100%. It's the perfect and, transition. And some comics will be years in the game and still hate it when they get roasted after like after they bomb and somebody follows them and they have to like set the tone and, and, and it, and it, it, it kind of annoys me because I'm like you should know better by now. Yeah. Like you should know like I'm not doing this out of spite. I'm just trying to do my jokes. I'm, I'm working really hard right
2: now.
1: Not only that if someone roasts me and like does gives like uh, it says a really good roast mm-hmm. they just gave you a joke. Yeah. That you can use now and go on stage and yeah. do self deprecation Or, or it.
0: if it's like genuinely funny it's like good on them. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Good for you. And if Like, you can't get over that, sorry, but you shouldn't be in comedy. Yeah, I agree. You know what
0: I mean? This is comedy. A lot of people should be in comedy. The the, the more open mics I do, I'm like, Jesus Christ. And it's funny to see, like, when people start fizzling out. Like, now I'm seeing people who, like, they've been doing it a while, but I could see them, they're starting to fizzle out. And not fizzle out in, like, they're, they're, they're just getting burnt out. Like, they've been doing the open mic thing, grinding, doing every open mic they can, and now they're just, like, comedied out, and hopefully they, like, take a break. Because I did that a lot my first year, and it really helped me out. Just taking, just relaxing your brain, you know. It's it's, it's like when you're working out all the time, sometimes your muscles are fatigued, and you're like, let me take a couple of days off.
1: You know what, man? It's fucking awesome seeing people go through the process. You know what I mean? Like, what you just said, like, that's the first part where people hit a million mics, get super yeah. burnt out, cry, don't know if they want to do this. Then they come <laughs> back with that experience. Yeah. And it's a totally different thing. Absolutely. And then other people do it a completely different way. And it's it's crazy.
0: Cause um like with my company, right? Doing the videography and stuff. Heavy feathers productions, you gotta check it out. There we go. Um Josh is great with the camera, work, great with audio. <laughs> I Appreciate it. I bought I bought video and tape from him. It was amazing. I'm gonna send it out to festivals. So That's thank right. you for that. It was great. It's great work. And um you realize
1: everyone has different goals. And everyone has a
0: different process. Oh, yeah. That is that is one thing that sometimes takes a while to realize, right? Yeah. Is so You like, can't get mad at people. Not everybody wants the same thing out of comedy. Yeah. Like, some people want to be headliners. Other people want to be features. Other people just want to do five minutes and do local shows. Mm-hmm. And they're fine with that. Yeah. You know?
1: And to each their own. To each their own. And absolutely. It, it took me so long to, like, grasp that. But once you mm-hmm. do, you can kind of, like, once you realize your goals, you can see goals in other people. Yeah. Like, oh, that's what you're going for. mm
2: mm-hmm.
0: Work and, and, and other people be working they want the same thing like like Seth Bounds is one of my good friends and I've been doing stand up like a year longer than him so I'm just like a little ahead of him but me and him both want to do this professionally and so like we're both hungry and like we will do the open mics and like we will write new jokes or like try and like better the old jokes or what have you but just improve try and work in our crowd work our riffing whatever the case because right. like at the end of the right. day when you see a headliner you have to be like well-rounded enough you know what i mean dude that's what like, i love about work
1: that's what i love about phoenix okay mm-hmm. we got eight fucking comedy clubs yeah you know how much like just raw professional talent we come see yeah or we get to see We get to see it. It's, it's
0: all the time. Or perform with. Yeah. You know what I mean? Oh, oh, absolutely. Thank you. Thank you, brother. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, it's incredible. Like, like seeing Matt Rife, like, we went and saw him and mm-hmm. we, we both got to do guest sets for him. It was amazing. Because, like, he was a comic that I heard of. I knew he was on Wilding Out. Yep. I didn't bother watching. Like, I saw a Lisa Ann clip that he had at Laugh Factory, like, X amount of time ago. And I was like, oh whatever like this isn't anything crazy he was he was very confident which which i like that's another thing i enjoy when when comics are like confident in their prowess because too many too many comedians are like uh too like yeah i suck
1: dude you know what i love seeing
0: i love love seeing
1: pros like in the green room Mm -hmm. like just act like act as a human being yeah because you get to see like at that level who they really are you know what I mean yeah. and thank god any, uh, have you
0: seen any comics that were like douchebags like any any headliners that we would know that would uh, no they were all are, cool They're all, all very cool I worked with no divas
1: like Andrew Santino Eric Griffin yeah. Yeah. Chris Stefano and they were Matt Reif and they were yeah. all fucking cool yeah. and that's well, that, all those guys I cool. literally could not believe it I was just like something's going to happen mm-hmm. you know what i mean I another shoe's going to drop right and andrew santino was like super cool i could not believe how smooth he was mm-hmm. he was just like so you got the shots right mm-hmm. And i'm like yes and he goes that's awesome yeah i go you're so cool <laughs> oh my god you like, a- holy shit it's
0: whiskey ginger bro yeah and it's i was so whiskey ginger. i
1: was so mad i shaved my fucking beard
0: oh my Bef- god like
1: an idiot yeah. like i could have had captions for days yeah. like two whiskey gingers yeah, you know, that? know like oh my ginger god, ginger twins yeah, oh, yeah and I sh- like I sh- I was like I shaved it that day Uh-oh. like an idiot just was not
0: think that yeah. weekend
1: you know what I mean yeah because I worked with them all weekend and it was yeah. just uh
0: and you're like next time I'm growing this out goddamn. fully man. yeah like I'm gonna
1: have completely. full zz top like <laughs> that's fine i'm a ginger (laughs) too a scottish ginger what that means is my uh top of my head the hair that is there is brown not ginger yeah leg hair brown not ginger it's
0: just the beard isn't that hilarious when you see that (laughs) (laughs) i guess i don't know (laughs) thank you i I just find it funny when like yeah someone will have like black hair and then like a ginger beard it's just natural or like they'll have like a black beard and then like blonde hair. Right. And it's like, that's just the way it's the weirdest thing ever. Work. Yeah. They just got the weird hair genes.
1: Yeah. It's definitely from my Scottish and like Irish descent mm-hmm. without a doubt. Yeah. What are you going to do? You can't really do anything. I mean, I try to talk about it on stage.
0: <laughs>
1: doesn't, <laughs>
0: doesn't really get a vibe. Yeah. Sometimes <laughs> it's not, it, it doesn't always, uh, you know, happen that way.
1: But, but um, yeah. what we were talking about before, like, Okay, I heard this in like a podcast too. I, it was actually Joey Diaz, where he's mm-hmm. like, "Okay, so levels to comedy cocksucker." He's like, "There's the the open mic, right? You're just a but you're just around a bunch of mental patients, okay? You, oh, yeah. it's you and six
0: hundred other mental patients, yeah, okay? Really That's the is. first level." And I'm it like, really "Yeah," and yeah. I couldn't. It is facts. It is insane the people <laughs> you see in open mics. Yeah, anywhere oh from
1: God. anywhere. We'll say from. A person that got out of college okay yeah to someone that's homeless
0: oh absolutely you could have like a professor who like went to harvard yeah there we then go and the next person is a homeless heroin addict right and they're, they're, they're both back to back they're sitting at the same table talking <laughs> yeah. about a new joke they're trying yeah. to punch up right 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 it's, it's the only place where you'll have like a eclectic group of people all together
1: <laughs> it's yeah at least i could say that in our scene you know what i mean yeah. diverse as fuck. yeah definitely Very, but um learned. so the first is like first level open mics local shows and a bunch of mental and, patients. And
0: real quick, I could understand why some comics don't want to come to these open mics, because it's like, because some people try and be like, oh, it's not a welcome community. It's like no open mics are really welcoming communities, and it doesn't mean people are mean. It just means it is like it is like a, a war zone. There are grenades going all around of crazy people, and it's like you have to stay calm during that time and really rise to the occasion, and that's what makes you a solid act. You're walking through a jungle. Yeah. I love it, it. It's like shitty boot camp for ten years. Yep. You know, and, and he's he, like, and you, you don't know when it's over. At least Navy Seals have buds for six to eight months. And they're like, I got my Trident. Right. It? I'm a seal, baby. It's only over until you make it. Mm-hmm. It's over. It's really yeah. up to you. You mm-hmm. know what I
1: mean? And like, so when you get past that level, Joey Diaz is like the next level. You just cut it in half. So now you got 300 people that are still pretty insane, but yeah. not like the people you left. Yeah. Then finally, you get to the top where there's only like mm, 20 of you yeah. that you really associate with and they're all normal fucking people. Yeah. And you're just like, yeah, I can see that. Mm-hmm. I can definitely see that. Absolutely. And it's, yeah. it's just crazy, but I wouldn't trade it for the world. And what keeps, no, one no thing way. that like keeps me going right mm-hmm. at the end of the day, like I'm not like chasing fame or money. Mm-hmm. I'm chasing like a lifestyle mm-hmm. where you can, do what you want, Yeah, go where you want, and be with who you want. Yeah, And comedy's doing that for me.
0: Yeah. Tenfold. Absolutely. And so, uh, yeah, let's talk about Skankfest. Yeah. Because you got Skankfest. I saw that. That was like a huge deal. That was. So how'd them. you, for, for those of you listening who don't know Skankfest, it's like a, it's one of the biggest comedy festivals. It's uh, started by Lucia Gomez, who who co-owns Gas Digital Networks, which is a big podcast network in New York. And has some of the biggest podcasters in the country. Also, some of the biggest producers. Shout out to Mike Harrington and <laughs> Bobby Hutch, Bobby Hutch, yes. Gomez, Alex Carlotto and um and and you and you, you got on it. So how'd you get on that? Because I know you were working with a lot of people, obviously. Bro, you um, want
1: <laughs> you want to hear the first part? So yeah. <laughs> all right, Jennifer Giralo sent me the link.
0: Mm-hmm. Click uh, on the link. I hear she's a big fan of me. And.
1: I- I applied for it. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah. Sent them an email.
1: They sent me one back. And pretty much I helped them video produce it.
0: It's funny because Skankfest doesn't seem like it's very into doing better. You know what I mean? Mm, what do you mean by that? Like uh, it, it, it doesn't seem like they would be uh, a big do-better comedy uh, a fan base. All oh. they do is racist and we and like hate speech like that's their whole thing it's like it's like the anti christ of do better oh gotcha so, like do better comedy. oh you're
1: asking like why did she give me that link
0: yeah because like the whole thing is like do better comedy so, And like Skankfest is like they'll say nigger in every podcast <laughs> like so i'm just saying that's interesting but uh anyways yeah Besides the point. Yeah. So <laughs> she She's gave a me
1: a link of like, I think it was like around like 50 different comedy festivals. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was on one of them. Oh, okay. no, just happened to be one of them. So I yeah. got the link from her. She got a batch full of, uh, like comedy festival websites, which mm-hmm. I'm very thankful for. Yeah. Cause, uh, that got me on this Yeah.
0: So you submitted to be like a producer on it or like, oh, no. no, no,
1: uh, staff. Yeah. Um, basically I just reached out to him. It was just like, Hey, you kind of, like, go back to, like, how can I help? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like,
0: how can I be of service? That's the thing. Because, right. like... Because
1: that's your leverage.
0: Exactly. They need help with something, and you will provide the help for free. Exactly. And it's, like, that's great.
2: hmm
1: So I let them know, I, like, I have this equipment available to use. Mm-hmm. I run my own business, so the time is there as well. And we met in the middle. And next thing you know, I'm driving to Houston. Oh, 500 hi. miles, you know what I mean? Yeah. So... And then, um, so
0: they sent you back, like, all right, you're, you're, you're cool. You're, you wouldn't come by. Yeah. You come out the whole, help, help the, out the whole weekend.
1: Yeah, I was there for like probably, I think, like good seven days, actually. Yeah. I got there like two days before it started. Mm-hmm. They had were a you like, fest before. Were, were you
0: like shell shocked to meet anybody? Oh, there? my
1: God. Yeah, yeah. And that was like the first time where, yeah. So, like, I, I was like waiting in line for like deep fried Oreos, right? Mm hmm.
0: And like an American staple, you guys. Yeah. We're, we're, we're the only fat people that are like, yo, what should we fry? Cookies. So right. we should deep fry. Yeah. Or is it It's like, already unhealthy enough.
1: Because they had one street mm-hmm. completely blocked off. Two streets, actually, blocked off for vending, uh, food trucks. Mm-hmm. So I was either like in line for that or like tacos or something. Yeah.
0: And food trucks are those things are great. Because food trucks are like walk away food almost. You know, you could like throw away tacos. Food. Yeah. <laughs> Especially tacos, like you could go food get some tacos, chill by a park, or like fucking walk somewhere else. You know, it's great, especially during a festival. And um,
1: what was I going to say? So, I was like getting food, and then like fried Oreos. Doug Stanhope's behind me. You know what I mean? Oh my In God. line, like oh waiting behind me, and he's like, yeah, he's like hammered. That
0: I'd be so shocked. I love Doug Stanhope. He just like he's
1: taps you on the back, and he's like, hey. What do you think about that <laughs> And I'm like Whoa It's
0: Doug Stanhope. That sounds like you're doing A, a Rick Sanchez impression
1: Oh that's my Doug Stanhope <laughs>
0: impression Yeah I know But now I realize They kind of sound like alike. <laughs> Like each other Like they're both drunk They're both like Yeah, yeah.
1: And I'm like oh, I'm getting tacos He's just like Nah he just
0: walks away You know what I mean And you're yeah. like
1: Holy shit no, So it was, was like
0: That was Doug Stanhope Holy shit
1: It was like that access You know yeah. what I mean Like anyone
0: could have had access His name's like on that. the wall of J.P.'s bro Is it really? Yeah because wow. he took all the names from the comedy store. The, <laughs> pet, the regulars. And Duck Sand was one of them. So that's why I jokingly said his name's on the wall. JP. Gotta love JP. Eddie, Eddie Murphy's on there, too, all right? Shout out to him. And Amy Schumer, my idol. And my future wife, so.
1: There we go. All right.
0: But, um, yeah, it was crazy having,
1: like, Like somewhat like access, not really. I mean, they could tell you to fuck off. Yeah, but
0: I mean, kind of was access because as soon as you realize your staff, they're not gonna be like weird around you rather than a fan.
1: They were actually even they were super 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 cool fans. Mm -hmm. Like they were very, they wanted to let everyone know that they were like not to be afraid to go approach them Mm -hmm. because like the first, second it opened up, I saw Sam Tripoli walk right in front of me. Yeah, and I'm just like, holy shit. Yo, Sam Tripoli. He's like, hey, what's up, man? <laughs> and I'm just like, <laughs> I don't know.
2: <laughs> yeah. Fuck me. What's You're up like
0: with you? A, I heard you a Joe Rogan podcast. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, tinfoil hat, bro. Yep. yep so, I've listened on that podcast before. Right.
1: So yeah. it was like, that was the first shell shock. And then you you would see like legends. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like Stan Hope or Rich Voss.
0: Yep. Rich Gil- Voss class. Like all these Gilbert movies.
1: Godfrey. Yep. You know what I mean? so you had that legendary level Mm -hmm. then you also had newcomer level with the mark norman yeah you know what i mean that dude was like i think he was only there for the first two nights but Mm -hmm. i remember watching him go on stage yeah and then he got off stage and he was just like kicking in the back of like the room and i was just like Mm -hmm. nice set mark and he's just like
0: (laughs) boom comedy it's like
1: comedy (laughs) yeah Yeah. and uh
0: mark norman's great
1: do you follow like um guys we fucked that podcast yeah
0: so, I, mean, I don't to listen to it, but I I know those two chicks. Yeah. yeah. So like they were around. Yeah,
1: they're on there. I got some pictures with them. That was so cool because I've been listening to them for a while too,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and I was just like, people that you never thought you would yeah you meet, meet
0: are there. No, let's have and a conversation. So, and so like, uh, do they also have the goddamn comedy jam?
1: Oh God, you're gonna hate me. I don't know. Oh, okay. <laughs> I, I'm just so there is them. so this is the way that Skankfest worked. All right, there was a venue mm-hmm. that had five rooms
2: mm-hmm.
1: five rooms including an outdoor section Okay, so it was a legit like a festival festival yeah like there was food fenders there was mm-hmm. I think they had rides at one point <laughs> but they took it down or some shit
0: yeah <laughs> and
1: they had acts going on the whole time so they had okay. one room um, which is probably where like a lot of the new coming comics are applying for mm-hmm. it was called the box and this room just went on 24-7 there's yeah. always a rotation of people going in
0: okay, so there's always like open micro type yeah. guys going So it's like if that's
1: if there's nothing going on for like a half an hour yeah. like this is where you would go to just kill that time okay. if you wanted to see comedy mm-hmm. if not there was so they had like beer pong one day like so much shit going on.
2: Yeah,
0: that, all that shit going on. Uh huh. Kill Tony two days. Oh, yeah, I mean? Kill Tony. Dude, uh-huh. I want to go fucking. I haven't seen it in a while. Yeah. Since they came here, I mean, Kill Tony is obviously one of my favorite shows, but uh, it's a must.
1: Yeah. But um, yeah, that was the way it was set up, and it was just, oh, uh, it was crazy. So my cameras were in three of the
0: spots out of the okay. five rooms. So you were just monitoring the cameras, making sure it I was on taking photos.
1: No, I was doing nothing with photos. Thank God, because I was just—I was—I would be overwhelmed with photos. Mm-hmm. Like, luckily, like for my first time, I was in control of like three stagnant cameras. <laughs> <laughs>
0: so you're like, yeah, I'm good to go.
1: Yeah, it was pretty much. It was like making sure the angle, the angles, you know, positioned at all times. Mm-hmm. Making sure they they were running off uh, zooms as well into oh, no. mixers and stuff. So I was in charge of that um but it was cool like i got i was like i pref- i my main camera was at the tent mm-hmm. and that was like where the roast of lewis j gomez was oh okay. so i got to see like some shit you know what yeah. i mean and i was pretty fucking close mm-hmm. and uh yeah it was er, definitely er, a, time er, a er, that fight. was a big
0: rat, roast the roast of Luis j gomez oh god yeah it was very uh popular
1: it was yeah, pro- yeah it was very popular i couldn't tell you how many people fuck ton of people there like yeah. just i don't know it was crazy
0: no, that's, that's fantastic. But and, the, like, also, um, uh, oh, yeah, so also <laughs> going – Oh, yeah, no, no, no I, I want to talk about uh, Harrington with you. Okay, yeah, yeah. He's uh, my idol. No. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't have anything against Harrington. This is what I'm going to say about him, okay? Yeah. He is pure New York City
1: in the terms of, yeah. like, when he asks you a question, he's going to ask it to you very directly and very, like, Not in your face, but Mm -hmm. give me a fucking answer right
0: now. Yeah.
1: But then on the flip, and it might seem it it will probably feel aggressive if you've never been to. It's super. It's super. If you've never been to New York City, though, it will feel aggressive. I met him
0: when I went to New York, and right. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah.
1: But here's the thing: when, on the flip side, like there was one time where he was just like came up to me like very nice and sweet, and he was like, "Hey, can you carry this box out?" Mm -hmm. And I was like, "Yeah." Okay, of course. Yeah, and he went in front of me and just cleared everyone out of the way. And he was like, "Get out of the way! You good?
0: You good, bro? You go- okay? Cool. Yeah. Stick with me, I got you. Get out of his way!" Yeah, and
1: you're just like, <laughs>
0: "You're like, yo, calm down." No, I think I think with with Harrington, like a big thing was, uh, how do I say this? Uh, well, <laughs> okay, here's the thing. Here, here's how I met him. I, I like here's how I crossed paths with fucking Harrington. Because I, I don't even think I was ever supposed to cross paths. with Was um, we were at. New York, we're doing open mics. Me, Seth, Chase, the other group we went, they were doing fucking gay touristy shit. all right? And not gay as in homophobic, <laughs> but gay as in like dumb. And um, <clears throat> they were doing like touristy things and having a fun couples weekend. And then the three of us were like, we're road dogs, we're hitting the goddamn open mic circuit. You know what I mean? So we went to the New York open mics. It, you was, got that it was a Docs, great experience. Right? Yeah. How uh, many lists
1: were on that Google Docs? Or how many mics were on that Google Docs?
0: <clears throat> Oh, so many. I mean, at least a hundred. Yeah, easy. It was crazy. It was interesting. We went there because like it was during Super Bowl weekend, so some mics uh. were there and then other mics weren't. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Interesting. So it was like very tricky to see which which mics were going to work and which. Where'd mics. you go? Like
1: Broadway Comedy Club.
0: Uh, we we walked past Broadway Comedy Club, but we, we 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 didn't get to go there. We we went to like the Grizzly Pair, nice, the Village Lantern. Old Man Hustle. Um, so we had some good ones. Uh, the salary was 77. So, yeah. It was still good ones. But, the, but, you know, let's preface this. A few months before, you know, I was a part of a podcast called Coconut Cucks. We got canceled. In one of the episodes, we went and saw John Mulaney, right? And mm-hmm. I talk about... I saw John Mulaney. And mm-hmm. I went and talk talked about how great it was, about how Zopener opener bombed. And Zopener, opener, it wasn't like a flat-out bomb, but it was a bomb. For 8,000 people doing, you know, 15 minutes. It was a bomb, right? And... <coughs> And they talked about how do you bomb in front of uh, four I don't know four thousand people. I was like, that's crazy. Like it's almost impossible to bomb in front of like really big crowds because everyone's close together. I mean, you still can, but it's 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 kinda hard and this guy's been doing it for like, you know, fifteen years or whatever. And I just talked shit about it. Anyways, when we got canceled, I sent a message to Harrington, like, yo, this is some bullshit. These the young bucks in the scene are getting fucking uh crucified. Where's Jesus when you need him? But basically You said that to Harrington? Uh, yeah, in in a matter of fact, I basically said like, yo, this is this is this is unjust, you know, what's happening here, and then I was like, can you do anything about it? or like talk to Lewis or something, you know, because wow. this is serious issue, and then he was like. Yeah. Ralph's son, who, who co-owns the network, he followed me. And then Harrington was like, uh, I don't deal with like Phoenix drama, but like I'll listen to the podcast. And then he to the podcast and then he talks about like, see, I, I talked to you about Sean Smith and he's like, yo, watch him out about best scene. All right. He's better than everyone in your scene put together. And then I was like, oh, sucks to be bad at comedy. And he's like, please, he would bury you in a showcase. And I said, Negro, please. And then he's like, next time you're in New York, hit me up and I'll put both of you in the same showcase. And uh-huh. then you have to apologize to him. After he does better than you, and I was like, "All right, bet. I'm go- gonna be here around this time." Bet, and then I fucking sent it the last night we were there before we we're leaving the next afternoon. He sent me a message, so I got you confirmed tomorrow at 8:50 p.m. Brooklyn Comedy Club. Come ready. Uh, you'll probably do about seven minutes. And then I was like, "I'm leaving tomorrow," and he goes, "I I, I thought you were here." told you know the 16th or whatever i go yeah but the 16th is when i'm leaving and he goes like uh, i had to book for tomorrow and so then i changed my flight and i booked a hotel room and that cost 300 bucks yep and <laughs> yeah, uh, sure did. yeah i was so pissed and then i go so comedy I <laughs> all right but i go so i changed my flight and then i, I changed my flight and after that i uh so after I changed my flight, I I basically um, go there the next day. It was at Brooklyn Comedy Club. It was probably like twelve people, and I go there and I meet Harrington. Right, and I didn't recognize him because he didn't have a hat. So I see him and I go, "Are you Mike?" And he goes, "Yeah." And I go, "I'm the guy uh, you messaged me on Instagram." And he goes, "Perfect. You're going you're on in about ninety seconds." And then I'm checking. The guy, and he's not doing very well. It's not seen. It's somebody else. And this guy is like, he's on stage, and he's just, he's just not doing immaterial. He's just going, yeah, I don't know what else to talk about. Oh, jeez. And he's literally going, um, yeah, I hope this is over soon. And he's looking at his watch. And that's all he's doing for literally way too long, multiple minutes. Uh, and, uh. and the crowd is just like, what are we watching? And it's like, at least tell a story. I don't know something, but give them something. Uh, and I thought it was like an open mic type situation. I was like, there's no way to showcase, because this guy is literally saying, there's i no hope, way this is a showcase. There's only a showcase, because the guy on stage before me is talking about how literally he hopes his, the, the, his time is over soon. And how he doesn't know what else to talk about. And he wasn't talking about anything. And he's just waiting. He's just like, like he's waiting in line for his order. But he's on stage oh in front of God. 12 people who paid to see comedy.
1: He didn't just get off the stage. You no. Know? Uh, so you time. see it's, this and you think, what, you got this in the bag?
0: I mean, I'm, I'm already self-confident, so I think I got it in the bag anyways. But I thought it was very weird because I'd never seen someone this bad. Like, literally just actively trying not to do comedy. I don't know what was going on with him. But um, so I go up. So I see Seton, and he kind of has like a scowl on his face. And he, but he's not really looking at me. So I, I, I don't know what mike has told them, you know what's going on exactly because <laughs> i feel like this is going to be a setup like i'm going to go on stage so I'm, I'm very scared i feel like, I feel like i'm going to go on stage i spend all this money i'm going to go on stage and then they're going to start heckling me and then they're going to come up and like tell the story and say this guy sucks get the fuck off stage or do something crazy like that because it's gas digital, i don't know so i go up i do seven minutes i do fine i don't crush i don't bomb i just do fine like the jokes work they do all right. The crowd was like a little wokish. It was like young twenty something Brooklyn Knights and they were like kinda kinda woke. I have like some race material and stuff. But it still worked, but they were a little like wokish. And then afterwards, Seaton follows me. Does fine. Wasn't anything crazy. Also, I did well enough where I set the table for him. You know, I had to follow uh, the guy who okay. ate shit. You know what I mean? Right, right, right. It's the way I had to bring up the energy. I'm not a high energy act. But uh and then Seaton follows me. And then Seaton leaves. So then I go back to where Harrington is, where he's like in like a little sound booth, like a small little room. It's super tiny. And I go, so uh, did you tell Seaton about like what I said on the podcast? And he goes, not my style. Not my style. And I go, so he didn't tell me. He goes, not my style, man. And I'm like, all right. And he goes, what? Why would I do that? What do I have it to gain? And I was like, <laughs> I was like, all right. But he was like, dead serious. Yeah. And I go, all right. And then. I go uh, and then I go uh, I go yeah thank you for the spot man that was fun and he goes you were funny and he's he's like a dead serious logo face (laughs) yeah yeah exactly yeah and and I said it doesn't look like it it doesn't seem like you're happy about that and he goes you're just really arrogant (laughs) (laughs) and I go all right you're not wrong about that but
1: it's and you know what? that's why I love that dude because he's he's fucking pure
0: yeah, he was he was dead honest, you know, and uh, and then yeah, and then the, the show was over, and uh, and then the, yeah, there were also some bad comics in that showcase. No offense, I mean there were some horrible. Comics. Oh, there's gonna be, but bad comics that's fine. In showcase, but yeah. but afterwards it's over, and then I I talked to Dave Temple for a little bit. Dave featured for Derek Gaines when when I opened for him in July or June June of last year, and uh, so I was like, do you remember me? He's like, no, I'm sorry. He was like very nice. But I was like, no, I'm not expecting you to remember. I'm just saying like we have met before, like at House of Comedy last year. He goes, oh yeah, okay, okay. And yeah, he was, he was very cool, very nice. So I I talked to him and Harrington, and Harrington was like more like, yeah, obviously you could tell he wasn't a mean guy, but he was like, he opened up more when the three of us were talking, because he's yeah. friends with Dave. Right. So he was like, he's talking yeah. about like Alex, because him and Alex are dating and like going, taking her on a concert or something. Uh, But then yeah, I said, thank you guys. I didn't want to bother them. I said, thank you guys so much. Have a Have a good night. And then I just walked back to the train cold as went, fuck and then went back to the hotel room and then I ordered Papa John. was it a train or a subway a uh, uh, subway yeah. yeah what'd you see in that subway too dear anything cool no, we we didn't see anything. We saw a lot of well-dressed people. This was uh, around the time, I think Fashion Week was around this time. Mm. So we saw, I mean, the most, I mean, we saw people dressed to the nines. It was amazing. Yeah. And some of them were just normal people, but I, I just, I respect people who spend that time to put themselves together, especially like couples, like they'll just be dressed amazing.
1: I'm like, where are you guys going? That's dressed kind of- to the point where it is
0: noticeable. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. you had to put down, some thought. Down from their boots to their pants to their jacket to everything to their accessories bro Mm -hmm. amazing
1: i do love new york for that that is the accessory game the shoe game the Mm -hmm. culture of new york is not everything everybody was hustling yeah but had somewhere to be that was one of the hardest parts of coming out here at first Mm -hmm. because i do have i well i did come out here with like a very 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 east coast mentality Mm -hmm. and obviously we're not in the east coast you know what i mean yeah and so like i like i was a Trying to hustle from day one, you know what I mean? And I like, do this, 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 this. And they're like, Whoa, you're talking too fast. Yeah, What's going on? Exactly.
0: Everyone's like, Give me now, give me now.
1: Yeah. And the West Coast is way more laid back. And that was like one of the first things I had to learn about living out here is just yeah. patience. Yeah.
0: Pace yourself. It's not yeah. everyone hustled. Right? Yeah, but seems- if I
1: could dog, this is what this would be the dream. What? LA during the uh winter. <clears throat> And NYC you, see during, during the summer. summer, bro. That's what I was thinking. That's what everyone's thinking, right? We, we
0: went and did open mics there and I love the city. Too cold, you know. I grew up in Minnesota, the Wait, cold, the coldest yeah. state in America. Same, right? way too cold. But I was like, I could do a coastal thing. Like, I would love to move here during the summer and live here until you know Just, fallish, and then right when it starts getting chilly and jack of weather, I'll move to LA, chase the and I'll stay there. Yeah, and I'll do the bicoastal thing because mm-hmm. that's doable. I could do the and It thing.
1: makes sense for like our industry. Yeah. When there's that much work
0: mm-hmm. in the two months. That much work, that many open mics so you could make friends with people on both scenes, mm-hmm. you know.
1: And you know it was like one of the one of the things that like really made me kind of like take the leap into like getting my own business and stop the at 5 mm-hmm. was just like I was watching like some Netflix documentary and this young fucking kid was like on a wakeboard or some shit, you know, one of those yeah. <laughs> where you just see some younger kid living the life you want to live. Yeah. He's he pursuing actually, the dream. He's yeah, like doing, exactly. Yeah. I'm yeah. working on to five. You're well, like, God damn it. Yeah. How are you? What am I
0: doing with my life? Right how now? are you not poor like me? Yeah. Like oh, my God. Yeah, <laughs> And um, you. But at the end of the you're video, like, you he's just like. make 20 grand a month and you're 16? What are you doing?
1: Right. He's like, as long as I follow my dream, I will meet more people mm-hmm. and I'll make more connections.
0: That's right? true. And yeah. I'll
1: have more work. Yeah. And, I, and once I heard that, that was like the, you know what I mean? I was like, that's it. So my goal is always to travel. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Get out of.
0: That's a smart way. Yeah. I agree.
1: And the real, like the first step is really to tell you the truth. Like the first like phase of like my business, right. Is to really just be like, all right, how can I keep things moving in Phoenix and then not be in Phoenix? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like how can I still like record people sets in Phoenix Mm -hmm. without being in Phoenix? Yeah. And that's why. And I it's like higher ex- expanding the, your business. Yeah, exactly. Yeah.
0: And then you could go to other play- venues.
1: Like it would be dope to just be able to go to Austin for like a month, mm-hmm. and then.
0: And you probably can.
1: Yeah, I could right now if I wanted to. Yeah, I, I mean you haven't have to planned, planned You'd have to yeah.
0: plan things out, but yeah.
1: That's the idea. Yeah.
0: And Austin is like, especially I feel like once Rogan's Club opens up, I feel like that that will bring so many more people there too. On mm-hmm. top of that, I want to just open do up. I don't know how soon. I think maybe this summer, but it's going to open up. We getting everything ready for that. Right. And that'll probably be like a big opening opening week or something. We'll probably have like a tell and all the big comics, fucking Dave, Dave Chappelle. Everyone's going to stop. By. It'll be
1: like a skank fest. Yeah. Just headliners. It'll and be a skank fest times
0: 20. Yeah, right. Because <laughs> it'll be Rogan and everyone he knows in the biz, you know. True,
1: true. But that's the idea, man. Like, I would love it if we could get like a crew of like, say, 10 comics mm-hmm. and even five, three. Mm-hmm. And then just do, like, a Phoenix takeover mm-hmm. and just go from, like, other scene to other scene to other scene. Yeah. I would love that. And document the whole thing.
0: Oh, yeah. That'd be cool.
1: And just yeah. podcast it up. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Document and it And Phoenix,
0: Phoenix has a talent. We have some absolute killers. There's just, unfortunately, there's just no, like, unity in the scene. There are, like, little clicks and, like, here or there. And everyone's fighting for spots because there, the, there are these clubs and, and, and all these fun shows. But if, yeah, if the scene became cohesive and like more of a hive mind, oh yeah, it would be like one of the best scenes in the country, 100%.
1: You think there's a chance for that?
0: Yeah, it, it, there's always a chance for that. It what just you, has to change. What do you think our scene has to do? Our scene, I think, has to uh, open up to everybody. It, it can't have like these little subgroups of like this comedy, this. You have to let comedy be comedy. And that's all kinds. Like I don't judge clean comics, I don't judge dirty comics. It's like you just we're judge all comedians. Funny. Yeah. I mean, we're all comedians. So you could both be funny, and it's like I'm not gonna alienate someone because of, of something they said or something they did, unless it was like uh, illegal, you know, like if it was life like, like an assault or something like that. I don't understand, but just like if they say something homophobic or racist, I'm not gonna be like, get them out of here. They shouldn't do comedy. You can't come to my show. It's like all right, like, but that doesn't like that doesn't grow the scene the way. And also the clubs. That's the biggest thing. Like most scenes that are great like uh, la even new york they have clubs that do showcases showcase your talent let's have one day every two months where we'll choose and i heard they used to do this where where they'll have like like a certain amount of comics booked and then a certain amount of comics bucket and they come out and then the the, the bookers and the club owners will come oh, and watch it and they'll wow. watch for hours and then they'll see who's ready they'll go josh you're ready. You could host. You could do 10, 15 this weekend. Oh, so the bookers from the clubs would come out. Mm-hmm. Oh wow! And where would they do that? Like a bar or something? Like, like... Tempe Improv. Oh, okay. Yeah, and and other other scenes do that. That's the thing. L. A. has showcases. There are many comics that are passed at the Comedy Store, at the Hollywood Improv, Irvine Improv, what have you. New York, same thing. There are comics that are passed at the Stand. There are comics that are passed at the Cellar. There are other clubs you get passed that because it, it, it's like a it's but there's showcases for that, and it's like something to strive for. And then to be seen. And here, there's not that. Mm. It's like a select few that are chosen for whatever reason and then they help their friends or they help people they know and then that's it. But like the rest of the other comics that are grinding in the open mic scene or just trying to get better, trying to get seen, like there's there's not much for them. They could put on their own shows and that's cool but their own shows won't get them into the clubs. You know what I mean? So Mm. I feel like that would have to change. It's like the bookers would have to really try and grow the scene from within. Like a uh, like Denver Comedy Works, like they're notorious for having uh, growing the scene, growing headliners uh, really? by having uh, local comics host, feature, and open for the headliners during the weekends and all the time, and they'll have different um, openers for every show, which is perfect. Gotcha, different openers—that's the key. Yeah, yeah different, different openers every show. So you'll open the nine the nine o'clock show, I'll open the seven o'clock show, and the next day a brawl will open the seven o'clock show, and then someone else will open the nine o'clock show, mm-hmm. and that's the way they'll do it. It's like you grow see it that way, I wonder if that works better. It does because everyone gets a shot. It's not just a select few, and also, um, you there's more camaraderie because it's like there's not this family mentality. Because mm. here, there kind of is this family mentality of like there's not enough spots for everybody, and like there is there's way too many spots. Yeah, there's there's plenty of spots, but it's it's not being distributed. That's the thing, and it's like excuse me and and that's why i think more comics move i feel like that's why a lot of comics have to move is because the ceiling's only so high here but we have plenty of clubs and you could make it a great scene like you could make it like a chicago you know or even like an austin but you have to put work into it
1: well what do you think we got to do to like make that to that great scene though like i know you kind of just explained
0: all that shit but like
1: yeah Yeah, you can edit that part out right (laughs) me
0: asking that again right Hey, hey! Sometimes <laughs> we ask sub questions, but yeah, we'd have to do that. We'd have to get the clubs and and to to really push the town and the bookers of the big clubs, because that's the creme de la creme. That's the top. That's where all the big headliners come. in. You get to done, work yeah. with all these other people, and like that's where you can meet them. That's where you get to learn what the pros do and get get, get to get more etiquette. And, exactly, and it really helps the scene. You know, and it'll push the scene. Mm-hmm. But oh, yeah, there's 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 none of that. There's been this push recently I've seen a lot to like get more females into like and I, I, I think that's great. But at the end of the day, like the females, it's like, do you want to get a spot because you're a female? Or do you want to get a spot because you're good? You know what I mean? Because it's like. Like, the same thing happened in, like, the comedy store. Like, a couple years ago, there was a, an, an Irish comic that was coming in, in L.A., and she was like, the comedy store, is not enough females in lineups, so or you guys are letting these people and these people in, and it's like, the females are working in the lineups. So they are like, no, I, I've been working my ass off to get this spot. Like, I had to beat a lot of people. I didn't just get it because I was a female. So, like, to book someone just because they're a female, just to have a diversity in the lineup, what if that's not the lineup they want? What if, what if you can't find a female that has the style you want for that lineup? Right? You know, are you automatically a bad person because of that? It's like no. It's like, or what if I do an all black male lineup and no black females? Am I a bad booker now because I did that? What if what if I what if that's the vision I have for my show? It's just black men specifically because they have a certain style that I want to see. That's an interesting point. Yeah. Yeah. So this whole push to like get more females, I'm like, sure, go ahead and do it, but also like.
1: Well, at the end of the day, I think it kind of goes back to, like, your theory on, like, let's not have a famine. You know what I mean? Everybody.
0: I agree, yeah. Because also, say, let's get more females, you're putting them above everyone else so you're not tweeting them as equals you actually treat you're actually specializing them you're giving them put them over a pedestal and saying oh because you're a female and you're sort of good we're going to put you above a hundred males and it's like well well, that's not fair and that also is not going to make other comics feel like an equal and like all here people be like oh females need, need to feel included they don't feel like a part of the community but there are a lot also young comics that don't feel a part of the community at all young male comics as well that feel ostracized and they're grinding and they're not doing anything wrong You know, so it's like you can't put a premium on a certain group of people in comedy. That's another thing that needs to change. Mm. It's like, sure, book more females you want. I don't have any problem with that. But you shouldn't be like putting a bat signal out and being like, we need to book more females. Because the people who want to will, and the people who don't won't, and that's theirs. And doesn't mean it comes from a hateful place And, and hating women. You know, that automatically is where a lot of people's minds go. Right, 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 right. As they go, oh, this guy doesn't want to females, and that means he just hates women. It's like, is that how you deduce it? If you meet a white kid in BYU that only has white friends, does he hate black people now? It's like maybe there are none around his community. And if he met one he liked, he would become friends with them.
2: Mm.
0: You know what I mean? Um, so, yeah, all that has to change. But, I mean, I, again, I don't see it. I, I hope it changes. I want it. But the way the Phoenix scene has been, I just do not see it. And and that's part of the reason why I want to move for a lot of things because I feel like I've outgrown it. Yeah, huh, you know? really, huh? Where would you move to? Well, New York was amazing. <laughs> yeah, right. I want to go to Austin next month and see. I'm, I'm saving up right now. I'm trying to plan it out. But we'll go to Austin and see if Austin's going to get a good fit, either Austin or L.A. I want to ch- check out both places. But I, I feel like I would vibe with L.A. because it's still close to here, but the weather is amazing. And it has, you know, obviously tons of clubs tons of mics cuz I want to get the reps in too. I want to get up 3 or 4 times a night. Mm. And I could do that in LA. I yeah. can do that in New York. In LA I could also have a car. I like the 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 autonomy of having a car. That's and nice, The yeah. freedom of like being able to drive 40 minutes to this open mic and that open mic and like just having the freedom to drive where I need to go. Cuz in New York I'm not going to have that.
1: No, it's going to be foot traffic and mm-hmm. subway the whole time.
0: And Austin might feel too much like Phoenix. Who knows? I, might, I may like Austin, but if Austin feels like a smaller size Phoenix, then I, I feel like I need a change.
2: Have you ever but been like, to Texas?
0: No, I haven't. Okay, yeah, yeah.
1: It's once you get past mid Texas, uh-huh. it stops feeling like oh, okay. Arizona, yeah.
0: And, and it seems like Austin. There's a, again a ton of opportunity there. There, L. A., New York. There's a ton of opportunity for like young talent to be seen. Because, because at the end of the day, I just like I'm grinding. I'm trying to get better, but I just want to get seen. So then, then they could do, like, are you ready? I think I am. But it's like, if you, you can't get a seat at the table, then how are you going to eat? You know, it's one of those things. But yeah, I I, I hope the best for Phoenix, but <laughs> right now.
1: <laughs> but if it burns, oh well, right?
0: <laughs> no, I don't have anything else to see. the scene, I started here, it got me good, but it's so catty, it's so clicky, it's so drama filled. It's kind of like high school that it's like, yeah, I just feel like that that high school phase is, I'm, I'm done with it already. You know what I mean? It's like somebody people graduate high school would be like, dude, remember fucking, remember the state championship finals when we were like playing uh, Redwood Valley and like you made that touchdown? Like, I feel like that's half the scene right now. And, oh, the, and the other half graduated and they moved on. Um, but no, I, I really do hope it was the best. Well, but what are your plans for the future?
1: <laughs> My plans for the future? Just keep on grinding with this comedy thing. Mm-hmm. Um, get the company more stable. You know what I mean?
0: Absolutely, grow the company. Yeah. Exactly, do cooler projects. fast again this year, baby. I'm hoping. All right, Vegas. Why not? Why not? Exactly, Vegas, bro. A lot of gambling. Too much gambling. A lot of fun. You've been to Vegas,
1: right? Mm-hmm.
0: I've, I've never. I went there once. lose any for, money? My my brother had a golf tournament, and so and I was 21, so I could have gone out and gambled, but I was just so like, uh, I I don't know. I was just super depressed. Like in Vegas. I was super depressed here So if I go to Vegas It's still depressed uh, yeah that. you're right yeah, yeah. yeah Depression is depression Yeah depression is depression It doesn't matter I mean you could drop me in Hawaii In a beautiful beach I'm With still a beautiful
1: girl and have her sit on your face exactly. You still gonna be depressed a little Well
0: not as much But yeah Not as much <laughs> Not as much But yeah still The depression doesn't go away By location But uh Yeah I didn't I We explored But yeah we didn't do like the Go to strip club Go to Go to a casino You know but, Did you yeah. walk the strip Yeah
1: Okay Yeah well, there you go. Yeah, it will there still be
0: go. a lot of fun, but yeah, grow it more, do more shows. Obviously, meet more headliners. Like that's that's a fun thing. Yeah, it's very. They can't re-
1: hear the wind. They yeah, can't hear the wind on this, right?
0: They can hear some of it, but I'll, I'll go in and post and try and eliminate as much background Edit that noise out. as possible. Yeah, you can get rid of most background noise. These these uh, these mics pick up, you know, sure mics. These sure mics are very specific. You know, you can hear a little wind, but it's not it's not bad at all.
1: Man, I love a good sure mic sticker.
0: Oh yeah, those big those stickers big they give stickers? you every time. Yeah, I love those. those are, they're fantastic. Um, so yeah, grow the company, do more comedy stuff, and then do you see yourself possibly moving, or do you want to be, you know, the guy that that helps Phoenix uh, reach its potential once it stops being a little whiny bitch of a scene?
1: <laughs> um, I probably am going to stay in Phoenix until like two thousand twenty-five ish. That was always the goal to be in okay. arizona for 10 years yeah and then moved to la
0: oh okay
1: start a career out there and then the goal after that is to be bi-coastal
0: yeah bi-coastal as soon as you get a little chunk of change why not i would do it absolutely mm-hmm. it's like why not
1: exactly and all you got to do is just find projects on either side you
0: yeah and or, or even for me i would just do mics. i would just have to like have a job where i could like hustle and like almost like freelance or start your own business where it's like you can make enough income where you can be my coastal that's it because
1: once you have okay so check this out Mm -hmm. you go to a new city right Mm -hmm. you don't get a nine to five right Mm -hmm. and you have money saved up where that gives you like say a three-week grace period yeah okay even two-week grace period all right this is what you do you go hit your mics you do a lot of observing you collect a lot of data yeah and then you find out like for example like uh Oh, this mic has no whatever. Mm-hmm. Bring it up to the host, yeah. and all of a sudden the host is or, like, or,
0: "Or start your own mic, or I mean start your own." Take mic. everything from what you saw that they're lacking and create an original idea. Exactly, and then people will fuck with it. Or look at other mics that do really well and be like, "Why do these mics do well? Why do these shows do well?" Right. What do people like about them, and then emulate that.
1: But even more, fo- but even more so, like back to the helping part is mm-hmm. like once that's like the first connect, mm-hmm. you've helped this person, and then this person's gonna say like, "Hey, Chudier's a good dude. He knows how to do this. Yeah. And He introduces you to two more people. Yeah. These people either have a deal or they have something else that leads you to something more. Mm-hmm. You grind like that. Two weeks go by, you have your rent. Yeah, absolutely. You don't need another round of five, and you keep on grinding, mm-hmm. and all of a sudden now you get a gig that gets you money for the next two months Mm. so now you have 60 days to come up with either another two months rent or just one but either way it's on your terms and that's where the real freedom is because now you're going to be able to brainstorm drink those six espresso shots at once you know what I mean and then just
0: (laughs) six espresso that's crazy and then just
1: like think of how am I going to get out of this what am I going to do you know what I mean absolutely and that's where the real creativity comes from Mm -hmm. and yeah because you're problem solving Exactly, your
0: problem solving. You that, know,
1: that's what I've meant to say the whole time. When yeah. you can problem solve mm-hmm. for other
0: people, yeah, that's when
1: you really become
0: like, yeah, that's what and that's what jokes are a lot of the times. It's problem solving. Mm-hmm. It's like, I I want to make this funny. How is this funny? Or I think this is funny. This idea. How do I present it? How do I solve the problem of presenting it so strangers can understand it? Yeah, you know, in a clear and and concise way. And it's like, yeah, and then you it's a skill that is will be required for the rest of your life <laughs> exactly and no one's ever like you know what i don't need to problem solve today it's yeah. like no every day you need to do it right i don't need to figure this out mm-hmm. well i mean there are people like
1: that and they are spoiled and, people and yeah there's but they're not happy or, they're not happy yeah they're not happy a man or not a man a person mm-hmm. any person yeah without a mission mm-hmm. and when you become lost because you don't have a mission yeah leads to
0: depression yeah, depression, and also... If you have no
1: reason to wake up.
0: Yeah. You, you, you feel like you're not living for anything that, that, that's fun or... Oh, God or, damn. You know, it, it's like I was listening to Bill Burr on his podcast, and he's talking about how, like, people... you know, you know Somebody asked, like, oh, like, when you were doing stand-up, like, were you, were, were you scared, like, about taking that big of a risk of pursuing stand-up? And he's like, I slept on a futon until I was 30, and I was the happiest person doing open mics and grinding and trying to get better. And he's like... Because I'd rather be that guy that's sleeping on a futon at 30 and broke than be the guy who's 30, wife, child, and sitting in bed being like, what the fuck did I do? I wish I could be on a futon doing stand-up con right now, but I never took that leap. Oh, you know, preach. And and Burr's like, there's way more risk in not following your dream. There's very little risk in following your passions.
1: Exactly. What, you uh, say you (laughs) – you, loo- you like lose yeah. a month you, of...
0: You, you, you lose a lot of money. You blow through your savings trying to start a business. Well, then you get a job, you save up money, and you try and start it again or a different angle. There right. are tons of people who start like five businesses before they have one that actually hits. <coughs> and here's the like difference. If they'd given up, then they wouldn't have the life they wanted.
1: And here's the difference, okay?
0: When you work for a company that mm-hmm. you're
1: not passionate about, right? Mm-hmm. And you got to wake up at 4 a.m. to get to work for, yep. say, five. Yep. You are miserable. Oh, absolutely. When you work for yourself... And you don't you don't got to wake up till eight a.m. Mm-hmm. You're gonna wake up at four a.m.
0: Yeah, hot. Yeah, same. Yeah,
1: writing stuff down, going Absolutely. to a whiteboard, going for Absolutely. that walk because you got and, stuff and, in your and head. you got the
0: motivation. Yeah, it's like my, my my last job. I worked at a call center um like like a month and a half ago. Uh-huh. I worked at a call center. It lasted three weeks. I fucking hated it. The job was very easy. It was working for Zelle basically, where like I would like people would like. They couldn't open bank accounts, and I would just send them a document saying why when why they couldn't. And I was I was in training Measurable. and it was twenty bucks an hour, which is fine. Like it's like forty grand a year, and my boss was a raging bitch. And I remember just being like so tired because I would I would work all day, and then I'd work from eight to five, and then go to an open mic, and then not get up till like eleven fifty five, and then not sleep because I have to wake up at 6.30 to go to work again. And I hated it. And I remember like. I remember just being like, a, one day I just had a horrible week. My boss was just up my ass about everything. I was sleeping on the job because I was staying late, open up, up, I was staying up late at open mics and just trying to go to bed, but I just would not get any sleep. And so I'd sleep on the job and like I, they, just, they were just reaming me all the time about everything. And I remember just one day thinking, I don't need this. Like I can make twenty bucks an hour. It's not a crazy amount. I was making that before. So it's like right. if I was doing Uber Eats or hear that, like, or like what I was doing. And I remember just being like, I don't need this. I'm done. Yeah. I'm done. And I never went back. Yeah. And but it's like, and now.
2: That's going like, to be the paradigm not, shift. Yeah.
0: And now I'm like, I'm not doing the nine to five thing. Anymore, right. You know. I had another friend say to me, I, "I cannot. It is so sucking. It's a worse and it killed my creativity too." Oh you know, my where god! Like Talk I, about it. I wasn't writing even close as much. I wasn't coming up with as many ideas. Like I need the the freedom of like being stress free and just not having anything planned. Where I I fucking think of jokes. Mm-hmm. You know? My mind has to be wandering. Preach. I can't be fucking punching numbers and taking calls. My mind isn't wandering. I can't think of fucking. Your mind jokes. Mind is stressed.
1: Yes. There's nothing worse than being stressed out about a task mm-hmm. and you don't give a shit about with a company that doesn't give a shit about mm-hmm. you. And once you're gone and whether you leave or they leave you, yeah. you are automatically replaced.
0: Exactly. And you realize like it's not worth it for the money. And also like, like, like at one point no amount of money becomes worth your freedom. Like I remember right. I, I saw a tweet by Mike and McCurn not that long ago and, uh, we'll we'll wrap it up soon yeah an hour 26 minutes crazy wow it just flew by but uh i, I was thought we were like 15 minutes i was like we got a lot more to talk uh, no, about no it flows it's fun like when it's like two friends but um you interview a lot of not friends i'm just <laughs> fucking with you oh <laughs> uh, you know I, I interview some comics who are, like i'm friends with but the conversation is stale i don't I, d- I, d- I, d- I don't i yeah. don't know what it is Is not the worst yeah, and and some of them I'll be like, This is gonna be a great this is gonna <laughs> be a great episode. <laughs> and then wild. I have on yeah. and we're just struggling to find things to talk yeah. about. I'm like, Oh my god, like what is this? Like as soon as I press record, all of a sudden you're you're a clam, you know? Exactly. I was like, with this, it, what a it buddy? Just, it just flowed. Hey, is that your son? No, I'm kidding. He's, ginger. Uh, another <laughs> fellow ginger, yeah. Uh but what was I gonna say? Before we got really interrupted by a bunch of ten year olds, no I'm kidding. <coughs>
1: you said we we're going to wrap it up on this
2: <laughs> ladies honest. and
1: gentlemen an hour and 26 minutes we'll do that
0: to you yeah it, it really will we were talking about um oh yeah so yeah uh mike mccurney tweeted about how like he's like yeah i'm looking for another job or it was what i call it um Giving away my free time for a amount of a certain amount of money, and I was like, "Yeah, like, like now I'm realizing, like, no amount of money is worth my free time. Oh, real? Because your free time, it's like it's limited, it's so like, limited. It's it's finite, and you don't know how much of it you'll get. Yeah, and it's like, and I'm still young. I'm 28, so I'm like. I can't be spending it doing shit I don't want to do. Exactly. Not, not at all. Yeah. You know, and it motivates me now. Like I wake up early, I fucking get to work. I'm, I'm trying to figure things out. I'm like starting to sell shit on eBay, making some money, and I'm like I like the hustle, and it's like and I'm passionate and I'm free. Nothing and that's is. What I enjoy.
1: Nothing is more addicting than making your own dollar and paying your own bills. Absolutely. There is nothing more There's rewarding. Nothing.
0: Yeah, it's all completely self sufficient, and then you you get a certain. Uh, you get better problem-solving, solving, but you also get a certain level of self-belief. I mean, your dick gets like, bigger. Yeah. <laughs> your dick gets bigger. You get taller. I'm your, talking your mentally. Hair, your mentally. Hair, your hair grows back, bro. Yeah, of Of course. You just,
1: you know what I mean? You yeah. go, you walk around with that big dick energy. Absolutely. I never understood it before. Like, mm-hmm. why do these business owners think they're so fucking cool? You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And then you're like, well, to achieve that level, you've got to overcome a lot of stuff. You've got to put yeah. out a lot of dumpster fires.
0: Yeah. And and it takes a lot of discipline. And you have to like see the vision. Like see it through and keep going. Oh yeah.
1: <laughs> I, I will bring it up. Yeah. Oh yeah. I discipline got that. Discipline is freedom, yeah, absolutely. Yep. Shout absolutely. out to
0: Jocko Willing. Jocko Willing. <laughs> great, great podcast. You guys should check it out. Jocko's great. And discipline is freedom, exactly. The more and the more you learn to be disciplined,
1: it's it, fucking crazy, dude. It, the
0: easier it becomes. And then on top of that, the the more accomplishments you you have like like little wins.
1: The more you learn about yourself, yep, and then the more you learn about people, mm-hmm. other people, because you'll be like, oh, they're stuck yeah. at this part.
0: Absolutely, they don't get it yet. And, and and you also do get happier because you're like, I got shit done. Like those accomplishments are little wins. Just yeah. waking up at seven a.m. Oh yeah, making breakfast, getting to work, grinding, then leaving. It's like. And doing it all on your own terms. Mm-hmm. It's like all that are like little wins. And then you do that every day. It builds up. You're like, yo, I'm winning.
1: Uh-huh. And if yeah. you're the person that's stuck in the 9 to 5, right? Mm-hmm. Or not even stuck. If you have that 9 to 5 and you have that 9 to 5 for a purpose mm-hmm. because it's going to get you to a spot that's going to get you out of that 9 to 5 and into a better life,
0: yeah. then do it. Then do it, absolutely. If you I mean, make that's stuck, exactly that, what I did. Yeah, if you want to make that sacrifice, go ahead and do it. But just know if you don't want to do it, you don't have to there are other options because people act like they don't have options like no you have other options Mm -hmm. and it's like and don't get too attached to your things like like we were talking about earlier the best thing that I discovered in the past you know 10 years I discovered this a long time ago was like keep your nut low and then you could pretty much do whatever you want
2: you know it's so true
0: like and because of my expenses I've always kept them super low like Mm -hmm. under $700 a month for everything wow damn and because of that I don't have to make a lot so I'm like I can do fine Mm mm-hmm and keeping it that way has been paramount.
1: You know? Yeah. Another trick too is um, like a, for a while I was like, all right, I just need to make enough to pay the bills. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? And then say your bills is like two G's a month. Yeah. So now you kind of cap yourself at only making two G's a month because mm-hmm. that's all you have to do. You know what yeah. I mean? So I'm from the school of like, don't pay your bills first. Do what you want to do with your money first mm-hmm. because once you realize if you don't have enough money for the bills, you'll that's up. where the creativity really yeah, comes from. It and is. You're like, whoa. Yeah. And and it's crazy, but more than likely you'll come out with like more money than you need for your bills Absolutely. when that creativity comes. It's yeah. nuts. There,
0: there, there have been times where I'm like, I need to make $800 in the next week. And then I do it. Yeah. It's like you find a way. Right. I sold this guitar. I did this. I did Mm -hmm. that. I worked Uber Eats here. And then by the end of the week, it's like, you made $850. Like, holy shit, I made that in seven days. Yeah. But it's like, you will find a way. Mm -hmm.
1: And like another easy way too, not an easy way, but like another way too is like, go to someone that already has a lot of shit, Mm -hmm. like a a realtor person, Mm -hmm. and then ask them something and be like, cool, how do I get a cut? Yeah. And then they'll tell you. They will tell you. Yeah.
0: Because they're not losing anything.
1: Right, exactly. And also,
0: like, they're going to hustle no matter what. So they're like, you you can come in this lane, but I'm still going to mm-hmm. make mine. Right.
1: Know? And it was like, once I heard someone tell me that phrase, too, it was like one of the best phrases I could have ever heard in my life.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: How, what do, or what do I got to do mm-hmm. to get a cut? Yeah. And that's not being needy. No. Because that's saying that you're going to put in the work,
2: and yeah. then
1: you're going to get some piece of data, mm-hmm. whether the data is... Do this for X amount or get the fuck out of here. Yeah. Instead of being that whiny little bitch of,
0: well, that person has that. and nah, nah, nah. It's yeah. like, no. And you're saying that I need, I need help too. Right. You know what I mean? Exactly. Like, I'm not better than you. Yes. I'm
1: with you. Yeah. I'm right beside I'm you. I'm on grinding. the same wavelength. Mm-hmm. I want to hustle just like you. Exactly. And, when someone, and when someone comes to me mm-hmm. with that energy, I'm like, bet. I got work. Yeah. Let's do it. I have two, I have, I'm I working with this one dude right now, Adam Blackman. He's a comedian as well. Is he a black man? Nope. He's a white man. Of course. With a black man last with black name. black man last name. <laughs> yeah. Shout out to Adam. He's, he's the only me. white guy that can say the N-word.
2: <laughs> I'm <Adam> black, man. <laughs>
0: yeah. Oh, all right. Right. I didn't even know. I don't know if he's used that card yet. I'm going to say really? no. <laughs> but um, that'll this be, dude. That would be a funny joke, though. That,
1: I mean, <laughs> I'll let him know. Yeah but um like he doesn't know anything about cameras, mm-hmm. audio, and editing, any of that stuff, but his attitude is there and he's
0: reliable as fuck. Yeah.
1: So I'm not paying him for his skill at all. I'm paying him for his personality. Yeah.
0: Because good to work around and dependable. Yeah. It's like that's necessary.
1: It's priceless. Yeah. It's I couldn't it's believe like, it. It's
0: a, c- it's like some comedians are talented, but like, like, I'm talking about big headliners, but they're, like, divas. They're rude to the staff. They'll put on shades, and, like, they'll be like, nobody look at me. And, like, they won't let um, a feature stay in the same green room as them. They have to stay outside where the crowd is. Like, things like that. And then you and go like this, bro. Then you go like this.
1: What part of the process are you at? Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, what like, are you projecting? What are you going through yeah, right now to, exactly. to act that
0: way? And, like, people will, will remember that. And it's like, also, that does not look good on you. Not in any shape, not in any shape. People aren't going to want to work with you. Which
1: is one thing also like about this comedy journey mm-hmm. is like it's just so much learning about yourself like we were saying before. Yeah. And at the end of the day, it is networking. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And a lot of the times like obviously the funny has to come with it. You know what I mean? Yes. But more than likely you will get a gig because of the credentials of like who you know. Like mm-hmm. outside. Of NYC, like, if you go to NYC, right? Mm-hmm. No one knows you. They're definitely going to be asking for references. Yeah. You know what I mean? Absolutely. The fact that you could, like, in the future or whatever, put, like, Mike Errington. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, Mike Errington said that was funny. You know
0: what I mean? Yeah. And, and fortunately now, like, the tide is changing where, like, gatekeepers aren't as important. What matters is, like, ticket sales. So that's why, like, TikTokers are blown up and, like, YouTubers. Right. And, like, you could, because you have your own audience. Mm-hmm. Like, that's all you need at the end of the day. Yeah. So if you focus on that. Then you have uh, leverage, right? And, and you could do your own thing. You don't have to wait for someone to say yes to you.
1: I'm really interested to see where like this whole, like what you're just talking about, goes. Mm-hmm. And say a lot of other people are like, you know what? Fuck this! I'm not going to wash dishes. I'm not going to mm-hmm. um, do a job I don't want that a machine can do. Yeah, you know what I mean. And my whole thing is like, people are like, oh, machines are taking our jobs. Nah, machines will take the jobs that you don't want to do, bro. Exactly. So be That's smarter. What and get a better job you know what i mean
0: or start your own business yo that's how we'll end it start your own business guys don't do the nine to five grind if it's not something you enjoy all right keep hustling and learn to be self-reliant and problem solve there we go you do that that's a key you guys
1: problem solve is the take away this podcast for sure how
0: can i get a cut thank you for listening you guys thank you for doing this podcast josh thank you this was fantastic i had a great time i got you bro uh you were a great guest it'll be a great episode and uh Have a good day, guys. Thanks for listening. Adios.